Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. River of Life, uh, a year ago, Nelson, and I would pronounce his last name, but I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Nelson is from Uganda, and he's a pastor there. He was with us a year ago, blessed our hearts, and uh, we didn't have the privilege of meeting your beautiful wife, Sarah, then, but she, is it Sarah? That's Sarah, but she's with us today, and so she's going to sing, and then he's going to share, just for a moment. So praise the Lord. All right, it is on. Praise God. The song is called, United We Stand, Divided We Fall. United. We stand, divided we fall from the grace of God. Let us come together now, fighting the enemy in the world. United we stand, divided we fall from the grace of God. Let us come together now, fighting the enemy in the world. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. 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 We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you in this place. No matter the language you speak or the color of your skin, Jesus died to unite us because of the blood he shed on the cross. No matter the language you speak or the color of your skin, Jesus died to unite us because of the blood he shed on the cross. Holy Spirit, we welcome him in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you. We, oh, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you in this place. You never wait for tomorrow or any other day to come. Jesus is coming back for a church without two spot or wrinkle. Never ever wait for tomorrow or any other day to come. Jesus is coming back for a church. Without two spot or wrinkle, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Oh, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you in this place. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you in this place. I wrote this song. I wrote this, I write songs and I sing songs. So I wrote this song and uh, I recorded the song and pastor asked me to sing my words. God bless you so much. Amen. God bless you. There you go, brother. Praise the Lord. Uh, I bring you greetings from Uganda, Kampala. And I thank God for Pastor Henry Jones. Last time when I was here, we had lunch with him. But I wouldn't be here if this man, Charles Watley, I met him in Tallahassee, and he was in Uganda two times. And one of those times, he stayed in our house. We are kind of nervous hosting an America. But if you want to know more about Uganda, he was there. And we are praying that you people come and come and encourage us. Many people ask me, what can we do? I always say, what is your skill? If you are like Pastor Henry, I put you to preach. If you are a doctor, if you are what? God wants to use your skill. And God wants us to finish the task. And we are delaying his return because the Bible says, this gospel will be preached all over the world and the end comes. Who knows, you may reach the last group and our Lord Jesus Christ comes back. As you are in the center of the county, we are in the center of Kampala. Kampala is the capital city of Uganda. About 17 years, as you are celebrating 15 years in this place, we may celebrate maybe when you come, 17 years of being in Kampala. In 2000, me and my wife and our children came in Kampala. I was a pastor up country for 10 years. Then the Lord gave me a vision to come in the city of Kampala to plant a church. So I bid farewell with my wife and we started what now we call Grace Fellowship Kampala, Uganda. We, we have built a church, but we are still trying to raise money to buy a high school. Continue praying for us. Land is very expensive in Kampala. And we are doing a lot of outreaches. First of all, when we started, we had to build schools. There was a need, a medical center. And now we want to do a lot of outreach. Kampala have five divisions. So Grace Fellowship is planted in the, in the central division. I thought I was done, but with five divisions, and maybe I'm 60 years, I may not plant more churches, but I can disciple people to plant those churches. If we are going to accomplish the task, we cannot do it alone. That's right. We need to multiply. China needs to be reached. Most places in Africa, I tell people, I'm a first-generation Christian. My wife's mother is not a Christian. My mama was not a Christian, but 17 years later, she accepted Christ. 
My father was a pagan. So we still need to preach the gospel. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need to multiply. And our Lord Jesus Christ will come back. He's just waiting for us to finish the task. Don't be contented with only this. You still need to plant more churches. May God bless you. Amen. And Brother Nelson, we will be praying for you and your ministry. And Sister Sarah, thank you so much for ministering to us. Thank you for using your gift of songwriting and delivering that song. And it stirred something up in this house. I want, I want my brother Al Terrell to join me on stage. Uh, since this is a day of celebration, I think this is a perfect time to tell you that uh, Al has just accepted an invitation to join the board here at River of Life. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, a, what a great man of God he is and a great prayer warrior. And, and brother, I want you to uh, pray today, pray for me. Uh, pray that God will bless uh, Pastor Nelson and his church. Pray that God will bless this celebration today. And pray that this will be a brand new beginning for us. Amen. Take this. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Father, bless today, God. God, we need your unction, Lord God. God, we need your power, Lord God. Lord, we hunger after righteousness, Lord God. Lord, we will not be content, Lord God. Lord, we will not be satisfied, Lord God, till we see more come into your kingdom, Lord God. Lord, we pray on today, Lord, for your word, Lord God. Be spoken clearly, Lord God, with understanding and with power, Lord God, through the man of God, through Henry Jones, Lord God. Speak, God. Oh, Lord, we are attentive to your words, Lord God. Speak to our ears. Open up our ears, God, so that we can hear your voice, Lord God. Let it be a shaking in this place, Lord God. Come in, Lord God, through demonstration and through power, Lord God. Oh, God, throw your weight around in this place, oh, God. Come sit in this place, oh, God. Oh, God, we surrender unto you, Lord God. Our life, Lord God. Oh, God, we surrender unto you on today. Have your way in this place, oh, God. For Pastor Nelson, Lord God, we pray that you bless his ministry, God. We pray, Lord God, that your spirit, Lord God, oh God, begin, Lord God, to, to flow like a stream, like a river, Lord God. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, Lord God. Lord God, be a source, Lord God. Oh God, be a divine strength, Lord God. Impact the man of God like never before, Lord. And Lord God, we pray for this people in this household today, Lord. Lord, we pray on today that we have an open mind. We pray on today, Lord, that we have a hope and heart, Lord God. We pray on today, Lord God, that we will receive your word, Lord God. And, Lord, we'll be compelled, Lord God, to go out into the highways and the byways, Lord God, and see that many, many will be saved, Lord, that are lost. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen on today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Amen. <clears throat> I don't think what I'm about to do could be called a sermon.
or, may, or even a message. Maybe I should call it a story. And I want to introduce it this way. In 1843, Charles Dickens wrote a book entitled A Christmas Carol. It was published in early December of that year, and that first edition sold out before Christmas Eve. It became a classic, and movies, plural, have been made based on that book. The book is about a man by the name, we all know his name, Ebenezer Scrooge. He was a miser, and the whole story is about Scrooge being visited by ghost. The ghost of Christmas past visited him. The ghost of Christmas present visited him. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come visited him. And the outcome changed his life. My favorite part of the the movie, the old movie, I don't know about some of these modern movies but that they've made, but my favorite part about the old movie and the book itself was a conversation that took place between Scrooge and his nephew. His nephew approached him very cheerfully and said, Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. To which Scrooge responded, Bah humbug. What right do you have to be merry? You are poor enough. To which his nephew responded, What right do you have to be miserable? You are rich enough. I'm amazed at how people so blessed can be so miserable. But it is the case. But I can tell you the Christ of Christmas can change all of that around. And it's a wonderful and glorious change. Now today I simply want to use that book uh, as an outline for what I have to say. I want to talk to you just for a few moments and tell you a story about River of Life past, River of Life present, and River of Life yet to come. Now, this is not an Ebenezer Scrooge story. This is a glory hallelujah story. And I tell you, I'm, I'm excited because I really feel like the Holy Spirit dropped this uh, in my heart. And by the way, I'm not going to talk to you about the ghost of River of Life past, present, and future. I want to talk to you about the Holy Ghost of River of Life past, present, and future. So let's get started. River of life past. The Holy Ghost of river of life past. I I can tell you this, friends. (laughs) God was definitely up to something and the Holy Spirit of God was up to something when this church came into existence, when we were birthed. Oh, it was exciting. It was radical. And it was turbulent. The reason it was exciting is because God was doing something among us. How many of you know by now that when God does something, it's always exciting? It really is. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster. Sometimes it'll almost take your breath. Sometimes it'll frighten you to death. But I can tell you when God is doing it, it is never, ever, ever boring. And we've been accused of a lot of things around this church. Boring has never been one of them. Nobody has ever accused us of being boring. And I thank God for that. And, and, and we were radical in the sense that we started 
uh, believing God for things, we got outside the box. We started believing that everything the Bible says we can have, we started believing we could have it. Even if some denomination said you can't have it. Even if some religious movement said that's off basis. You see, if the Bible says it, we believe it. And if the Bible says you can have it, we started believing that you could have it. And we started going after God. Oh, it was exciting. It was turbulent. I can tell you why it was turbulent. Because people have a tendency to resist change. And to strike out against change. I don't know why, but they do. And many did. And things were said. And word got out in the county. And for a while, we had a bad reputation. We, we, uh, we were accused of ugly things. Uh, we were accused of being a cult. And it was said of me that I was manipulating and controlling the minds of unfortunate people who were brought under the spell. Now those who really know me know nothing could be farther from the truth. You see, I have trouble controlling my own mind. You can forget about me trying to control your mind. If I can control you by pointing you to the Lord Jesus and pointing you to the Word of God and pointing you to the things of the Holy Spirit, then if you call that control, then we're all about that kind of control. It was said in the county, not making this up, I was actually told this, that they had heard that we were sacrificing animals here in this church. That's right. Somebody asked me one time, I'm not making this up, true story. Somebody asked me one time, do you really sacrifice chickens at that church? I said, well, kind of. I said, and I like mine fried. I, I think we'll probably sacrifice a few before the day is out. But friends, let me set the record straight. There's never been but one blood sacrifice that this church puts its faith in. And that's the blood sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ when He went to the cross and died for us to set us free and to deliver us. That's the only blood sacrifice our eyes are on or ever will be on. Leading ladies in this church, it was said... We're dancing on the offering table. I, we don't even have an offering table anymore, but when we had one, I never saw anything like that. I would like to... No, I'm through. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. But I can tell you that, that when people are against something, they start whispering and the enemy gets in it and he starts twisting it and he starts turning it. Oh, friends... I can just tell you, the truth is, th this is, this is what happened in this church. That we became so counterculture, so counter-church culture, and started operating outside the traditional religious boundaries. That we scared a lot of people. And some sad things happened. Long-standing friendships were severed. Families were separated. And uh, a lot of hurt 
feelings. And I truly, truly regret that. And, and we made some mistakes in the beginning. I'm serious. I look back at some of what we did. We were like a little baby trying to learn how to walk and not doing very well at it. And sometimes we were stumbling all over ourselves. Sometimes literally stumbling all over ourselves. Just, it, it, was, it was weird. We made a ton of mistakes, but listen to me. In spite of all the mistakes and all the flaws, there was a hunger for God in river of life from the beginning, a desire for more of the Holy Spirit that brought forth the power of God in this house. And I thank God for that. There, there were things I, I, I absolutely couldn't explain. I remember one of the worst weeks, Diane, I know you'll remember this well, one of the worst weeks of my life, one of the worst weeks of my ministry, uh, things had gotten as bad as they could get. I wept and cried like a baby that week. And to this day, I have not wept like I wept during that week. I wept before the Lord. I cried. I was broken. I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd let the church down. I'd let the Lord down. Uh, I felt like a failure as a pastor. And the next Sunday morning when I got to church, I was shocked. I felt like the building would be half full and the building was packed. And when I gave the invitation, I'll never forget the number. When I gave the invitation, 14 people walked down the aisle and joined the church. And dozens more joined in the weeks to come. And that's when I realized that Almighty God can work through a less than perfect preacher. He can work through less than perfect people. And He can work through a less than perfect church. We had a lot to learn. We were hungry. God was blessing. Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Holy Ghost passed for river of life. Wow. Now, we were radical. We really were. I know for some of you that were not here in those early days, you missed it. We were, we were radical. We did crazy things. We had prayer meetings that went long into the night. Sometimes we had all-night prayer meetings. I'm not making this up. We'd call an all-night prayer meeting. We'd say to people, uh, we'd have people say, well, I can't come pray all night. I just don't think I can make it. We'd say, bring your sleeping bag and your pillow and we'll just meet in the worship center. When you get tired, sleep for an hour. Somebody will wake you up and we'll go back to pray. And we'd pray all night long. Who does that kind of stuff? And then we had many 24-hour prayer vigils where somebody from the church would be at the church in the worship center praying around the clock. We had a number of what we call solemn assemblies that were dedicated to repentance and people getting right with God. And there were times, we did this a number of times, where we had an entire week of prayer and fasting. Where we would call the whole church. And, and when I tell you, I would, I would put a notepad out and I'd say, if you'll join this prayer and fast for seven days, come sign right here. And I'd get all the names so I could pray for those who were praying and fasting. And there were times we'd have upward to a hundred people in this church who were praying and fasting all week long. And a couple of times we would meet on the last day and we would eat together. I remember... One time when we finished a seven-day fast, we had soup, potato soup. Just plain old potato soup. That was the best potato soup <laughs> I've ever had in my life. It was like filet mignon. Oh, it was awesome. But it was also spirit-filled. 
I mean, we, we, we did crazy things. On one occasion, we set aside 31 days, and we called it 31 days of extravagant devotion. Do you remember that? And for 31 days and 31 nights, we met at this church every night, seven days a week, for 31 days, and we prayed and repented and worshipped and ministered to one another. Oh, we were radical. We were going after God. And then, and then we, we just about wore out a couple of vans going back and forth to the revival over in Brownsville. And that was exciting. You're talking about a radical Holy Spirit movement. That was. And, and we were getting in on it. And it was exciting. And, and we would go over there many times. We'd go over there with vans filled. And we'd spend five or six hours at that revival. And I remember a couple of times when we went to that revival and we would be there uh, to... to uh, almost midnight at the revival. And then when we'd get out, we'd look for an all-night restaurant. And we'd go to the restaurant and we'd eat and fellowship and sing, even in the restaurant, and worship the Lord. And then we would sing and worship on the way home. And a couple of times, I'm not making this up, a couple of times we were driving back into Walkala County as day was breaking the next day. All night. All night. Wow. I don't think I've got enough energy to be that radical again. <laughs> but boy, those are, those are some, some, some good and glorious memories. And then, not only that, we didn't just go to a radical revival. We started inviting radical people into our fellowship. People like John Kilpatrick, Lendl Cooley, Michael Brown, these ring some bells, David Ravenhill. Billy Banks, Al Mosley, June Evans, Barbara Benton, and others. I, I'm sure there are others I can't even think about right now. And they came in and they ministered. And I want to tell you something, friends. We can't rewrite history around here. They are part of our Holy Ghost past. And God used them. And you know something I realized? Every one of those people I just named were flawed. Every one of them made mistakes, just like you make mistakes, and just like I make mistakes. But somehow, someway, God used every one of them. And great things happen in our past. We were not afraid to take a chance. We were not afraid to get out on faith. We were not afraid to do anything the Holy Spirit led us to do. And I got to tell you, I'm a, there's a part of me that longs for those days, and there's a part of me that says, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing us through those days. Do you know if my calculations are right, we've had somewhere around a thousand professions of faith since we've been in the dome. Around a thousand People have walked on this aisle and made professions of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, re, I remember that early on there was a member of our church who gave us a word of prophecy, said the Lord had given them a vision, and they had a word of prophecy that this church would uh, be a birthing center, just like a birthing center in Tallahassee. We have a number of them. Be a birthing center. Be a place where people come and get birthed into the kingdom of God. That's pretty neat, isn't it? I didn't think much about it at the time, but now as I look back, this church has been a birthing center. And you can always ask the question, as I have done, where are 
those thousand people? Well, I believe the Lord's been opening my eyes right recently to where they are. They made professions of faith. We led them to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We baptized them. And many of them, hundreds of them, are out there serving the Lord somewhere else. I was in the, I was in the restaurant the other day. And a guy walked, walked up to me and he said, Hey, Pastor Jones, so help me. I said, Do I know you? He said, Yeah. Yeah, you know me. I said, Well, tell me who you are. He gave me his name and he said, I got saved at River of Life. He said, you baptized me. You know me. You baptized me. I said, okay. He said, I was a part of that motorcycle gang that came to your church for a while. Man, I'm not joking. We had a group of people that came to this church for a while. You didn't even want to sit in the same section with them. They looked dangerous. They were the roughest looking group of people I've ever been around in my life. I would not want to meet one of them in a dark alley. And he said, I was in that motorcycle gang and I showed up at the church and God gripped my heart and I walked down the aisle and I made a profession of faith and you baptized me. Now listen, his wife was by his side, his children were there with him. This is not the kind of stuff you say in front of your family unless you mean it. And he said, Pastor Jones, I just want to tell you my life has never been the same since. And I'm still serving God. He's not here, but he came to the birthing center and he heard the redemption story. He gave his heart to Jesus. He got saved and changed his life. That, see, that's just awesome. There's a lot of people out there. Some get saved and stay. Some get saved and go. But i got to tell you, that's God's business, isn't it? I mean, really, isn't it? Yesterday I was in Tallahassee. My wife drug me in the storm to Tallahassee. I'm standing at the counter paying for something, and the lady says, Hello, Pastor Jones. I said, Do I know you? She said, Yes, you know me. She said, I joined River of Life a long time ago. And God touched my heart. And so I said, thinking she was backslidden, I said, Well, where do you go to church now? Because what I was getting ready to do is just rein her back in. She told me the name of the church. She said, me and my whole family, we're going to this church and we're loving it. It's awesome. It's great. And there was a part of me that said, thank you, God, for letting us have a little part in her journey to your service. Oh, friends, if God wants to keep doing this, if God wants to just keep doing this, if, we, if He just wants to use us as a birthing center. By the way, if you go to any birthing center in Tallahassee, you won't find crowds of people, but there are tens of thousands of people all over these counties that came out of those birthing centers. May God use us and bless us. Oh, friends, the Holy Ghost of River of Life past has done some amazing things. Uh, I could talk to you a long time about this, but let me just tell you this. It, it's been radical. It's been exciting. It's been turbulent. But the Holy Spirit has brought us to where we are right now. Right here. And somehow we got here without, without killing each other. <laughs> or hurting too many people, praise the Lord. So now let's talk about the Holy Ghost of River of Life present. Here we are. Here we are, and God's still working, isn't He? Doesn't this feel good? This is not bad, is it? 
Now, yeah, me and five other people agree on this. Yeah. This is, this, this is good. And thank God that He's still moving in our midst. And thank God we still have a future. Now, things have changed. Some for the better. Some maybe not so much better. But things have changed. Let me, let me tell you an area. I didn't realize how much our staff has changed. But we've had major staff changes from the beginning. Uh, one good staff change is that Pastor Chuck Coburn and his beautiful family came back a few years back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am serious when I tell you this. I don't know how we ever got along without him. I mean, we depend on him for everything. He is just so amazing. And then who would have believed, who would have possibly believed that Bill and Linda Jenkins would, be, would become a part of the leadership? God can do some strange stuff, can't he? And I can tell you, these two have come into the staff and they're working and God is using them mightily. I've never enjoyed walking with a brother in Christ any more than Brother Bill. And I praise the Lord for you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And then Lori White. Now, Lori's been with us forever, seems like. But recently we made a change, and now she's our children's pastor, our, our, our children's worship pastor. And I can tell you, I've never met anybody who had a, a greater burden for children and a greater vision for a children's ministry than she does. And it's all right on time with this children's worship center. And I can tell you, friends, keep your eyes open. Keep watching and you'll behold the works of God. Something good, something glorious, something dynamic is coming out of that children's worship center. And God has her right where she should be. And then Ryan and Rachel Peck. Yeah. <clears throat> I I got to I got to tell you, I don't think our youth could have a more godly uh example, more godly role models than these two. God has strategically put them there so that the children uh and and I think this has been true of our worship, I mean our youth pastors in the past, but boy, these two the way they walk with the Lord and the way they teach the Word is just, just absolutely awesome. And then how about our worship leader? Priscilla! She was in the sixth grade when I came to be pastor of his church. And now she's up here as our worship leader. Can I tell them what you used to do? When she was in the sixth grade, I was in the kitchen there in Sup Chuppy, and somebody walked up behind me and pinched me on the butt. I, I'm serious. Who pinches the pastor on the butt? Nobody does that. I turned around and I thought maybe it was my wife. And there, there's this little sixth grader there pinching me on the butt. I didn't realize it was a family tradition, and her family does that. I, I don't think all family traditions should be brought into the into the public arena but it was and finally after a while as she got older I had to say you can't pinch me on the butt anymore and um, so we kind of ended that episode but I'm, but I'm going to tell you from a young girl 
She's loved Jesus. She's worked in lay witness missions. And God has put her in. And Priscilla, I just want to tell you, when I think it can't get any better, it does. And we thank God for you. And, uh, and then Dale Litchfield. Dale Litchfield, who's been with this church from the beginning. She's now our financial secretary. She is perfect for the position. Her love and her commitment has, has just been awesome, and we're so thankful to have her in place. There was one staff change that I, I was kind of concerned about. After 30 years of service, our church administrator, Diane Gray, retired. I was really worried about that. And church, I want to tell you something. This church owes Diane Gray a debt of gratitude. We do. She was a rock that could not be shaken and could not be moved through the most turbulent years of River of Life. She was just what this church needed. She was just what I needed to keep me going, to keep me encouraged, to speak life into me, to to keep me grounded, to keep me out of trouble, and to keep me going after God. And her godly wisdom made all the difference in the world through those years. And Diane, I just want to say one more time, I've told you this in the past. Thank you for your faithful service to our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So here we are. Here we are. People are still getting saved. Lives are still being changed. The Word of God is still being preached and taught. Christians are still growing in grace. High praises to our God are still being lifted toward heaven. And things are good. Not as crazy as they used to be. Not as good as they could be. But things are good. And listen to me now. I'm not exaggerating. There is still a longing in this church for revival. There's a longing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a longing for something that will shake this county for the glory of God. There's a longing for a mighty move of God. And friends, I believe with all my heart what I'm about to tell you is the truth. And that is that the Holy Ghost of River of Life present will not allow us to stop believing God. You see, we were, we were born. We were born out of revival. And I believe the Holy Ghost of River of Life uh, present will not allow us to give up that dream. And we keep dreaming. Listen, the Holy Ghost of River of Life present says to you today, I wouldn't say this casually, says to you today, I didn't bring you this far for you to stop. The best is yet to come. There's a glorious future ahead of us. There's some glorious and godly unfinished business ahead of us. And so uh, that brings us to my last point, and that is the Holy Ghost of River of Life yet to come. And uh, so the question is, what do we do now? Where do we go? Do we need a new program? 
Do, do we need a new ministry? Do we need a new staff member? Do we need to build a new building? We saw an image of a new building that we're at least dreaming about. What do we need to do now? Now, maybe we need to do all of those things. I don't know, but I can tell you this. The one thing we need, the one thing that will cover all those other things is this. We need, listen to me, I'm about to tell you what you need for the future and what this church needs for the future. Don't forget this. We need the Holy Ghost of River of Life yet to come. That's what we need. We need Him. We need to trust Him. We need to hold His hand. We need to let Him teach us and lead us and guide us and give us visions. We need to walk with Him every step of the way. That's what we need to do. And friends, I can tell you this, that everything we need, everything we need depends on the Holy Spirit. It really does. Everything we need and long for in the Spirit depends on the Spirit. See, we want to see this county turned upside down for Jesus. It takes the Spirit to do that. I want to see, you want to see, we need to see thousands more birthed in this place. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that. We need miracles. Now, you can sit there and say, you don't need a miracle, but I can tell you, when you need a miracle, then you need a miracle. We need miracles. We need the power of God. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need a mighty move of God in this house. And it takes the Holy Spirit to do that. We need to raise up a generation of young people and children who love Jesus and are as passionate for Jesus as we were 25 years ago. That's what we need. We we need to dream bigger for the future than we have in the past. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that. We we need an, uh, uh, and no exaggeration, we need an earth-shaking revival. There are people in this county that will never turn to Jesus unless there's such a move of God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And please listen to this. We need all hands on deck. We need every member of this church involved in ministry. And I know what somebody will say, Pastor, you're just dreaming. These are just pipe dreams. We'll never get every member of this church involved in ministry. It is impossible for us to do that. But nothing is impossible with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God can set this church ablaze so that every member of this church is involved in ministry and going after God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I want to read my last three. The Holy Ghost of River of Life yet to come wants me to tell you the future can be changed. But we have to do it as He, the Holy Spirit, moves us and guides us and changes us. It will change everything. The Holy Ghost of River of Life yet to come is saying to me, don't you want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to your pastor? Here it is. Is saying to me, it's time for you to come out of your comfort zone, start taking some chances like you used to, and you'll see the glory of God like you have in the past and even greater. The Holy Ghost of River of Life yet to come is saying to you and me, follow me and I will show you great and mighty things that you have not yet seen. The Holy Ghost is saying, believe in me, follow me, trust me, let me teach you, let me show you the way. Your future will be brighter than ever. Amazing things are on the horizon if we follow the Holy Ghost of River of Life 
yet to come. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.